Hello, hello, hello. We are live on Facebook. Welcome to episode two of the Inventors of Tomorrow. I am Paige Hanklet, also known as Paige Zen. It's a long story. We'll get into that at a later date. I am the founder of Playthink, the Kentucky Yoga Festival, co-founder of Playthink University, and founder of Visionaries of Play. I am a multi-dimensional woman. I'm here having a beautiful conversation with Michelle Burns of The Dreamer's Paradigm. I'm so excited to have her here. She's been my good friend for a couple of years and came to the Kentucky Yoga Festival. I'll let her tell you all about that. Hi, Michelle. Welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Will you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, hi, everybody. My name is Michelle Burns. I'm the awesome CEO and founder of the brand Dreamers Paradigm. And um, I'm literally just a girl from an itty bitty tiny little town in Southern Ohio. And I've just decided to go after my biggest wildest dreams because I just realized like I'm worthy of doing that and I can help other people do the same thing. And if I can do it, then so can other people. And I think that's like the most amazing thing that I could ever do on this planet in this time. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so at the core of your being, this is a big question. So at the core of your being, who are you? Who is Michelle Burns? What is that little <laughs> sentence that you say after the words I am? I am a dreamer. First and foremost, mm -hmm. I've got such big dreams. Oh my goodness. I will always have such big dreams, but I'm just me, essentially. Like, I'm just me. I'm just who I am. I'm really bubbly and corny. I'm the most craziest, <laughs> corniest sense of humor that anybody <laughs> I really do. Um, and I just love life. I'm just here doing the things. <laughs> As a dreamer, can you tell me? what the dreamer's paradigm is and how it came to be yeah i actually love telling this story because whenever i first came about like what is the dreamer's paradigm and like how i knew i was going to stick with that name i was like oh this is so good so <laughs> with that being said i'm also a mindset and um, goal strategy coach so i teach a lot of mindset shifting techniques and practices to shift our mindsets um, just to have a lot more confidence and belief within ourselves and our dreams. And um, so paradigm is essentially like it's your mindset. It's your habits. It's your patterns. It's literally your entire reality. And, you know, a while back, I just remember uh, I was just literally I was in this very room that I, I was in. And I remember I was watching some like YouTube videos of a motivational speaker and I was bawling my eyes out because I realized, like, gosh, this guy is so right. Like, and I was just miserable. I was, I hated my life. I'm not going to lie. I hated everything about it. And I was just bawling my eyes out. And in that very moment, I just made a decision. I was like, I'm going to do whatever the heck it's going to take to follow my dreams. Because, like, I wanted my dreams more than anything. Like, I've always been in my head daydreaming. But it was like. I just wasn't taking action towards those dreams. So, and I've always known deep down inside of me that mindset played the biggest role in doing anything that I wanted to do within my own life. Like my big dreams, like 
I just knew my, like the, my thoughts, my react, everything that I was doing, my habits, my patterns, it all had a very big key role in following my dreams. And I just, I, I laid down so heavy in the personal development world. I was like, I'm just going to do what it takes. So I was like watching like seminars and podcasts and reading books. And um, it just got to the point where I ended up hiring a coach. And that was like by far one of the best things that I've done. But you know, for the dreamers paradigm, it's like, we are all dreamers. We're, we're all dreamers, you know, but it, to be that dreamer, we also have to do a complete paradigm shift yes. with our mindset to shift into what I call the dreamers paradigm. Like we can be dreamers. We can be these daydreamers. We've got these big dreams, but in order to take action towards your dreams and what it is that you really want in life, you have to make that whole paradigm shift. You have to have the mindset behind actually following those dreams. And that's, for me, that's what I was like, this is what the dreamers paradigm is about. I love it. (laughs) What do you think like the very first step into stepping into the dreamers paradigm is like, how can someone just start at the very beginning to shift their mindset? You know, it's funny. And it's like, I think my answer might be, different from other people because I think you just have to hit an all-time low that was my thing and I think that's what triggers majority of like really super successful people like something just they were just like I'm like the way I described that day in my own life is I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and that's what triggered it for me I hated everything but I was just like I'm gonna give this my all And like, I was in a very low place, like mentally, just everything. And I was just like, that was all it took for me. I was like, I'm sick and tired of not doing what I want to do. And I just wanted my dreams more than anything. And I was like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. So for me, it's like, sometimes I feel like it can take a really low moment for us to just be like, let's just do this. If there's other people on this planet following their dreams and doing the things that I want to do too, then I can too. And I think even below that, like you just have to take action. Mm -hmm. That was what was holding me back for such a long time was um, the inaction. I was all in my head. I've always, um, I've got the biggest imagination in the world. I've always been like a massive daydreamer, but like when I really sat down and I was like, what's stopping me? Like, why are all these other people following their dreams and doing all these things that I dream of doing? And I just had to like really admit to myself, oh, <laughs> I'm not taking action. <laughs> so taking action, sloppy, massive action is all it takes just keep going and just do the things that you just want to do it makes me think of a quote from elizabeth gilbert (laughs) um it's (laughs) i've never seen any life transformation that didn't begin with the person in question finally getting tired of their own bullshit yes and that was it (laughs) i was tired of my own shit and that's not even a joke i was sick and tired of my own thought pattern like it was just so negative and I'm like this isn't going to support me this is not serving me it just hit me like I've always known mindset played a big key but like it it just like I've known and I've tried to do the whole get on that that positivity train but like for me it just took that I just was like I'm sick and tired of my own shit (laughs) for me to be like I'm going to take action let's just do whatever it takes 
Um, I believe that having a positive mindset is integral in, to having transformation, into really changing who we are at the core and just being a better version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, what are your thoughts on toxic positivity? Do you have any thoughts on that? Hmm. Gosh, for me, honestly, it just, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It never worked for me. And it's like, whenever I really think about, well, what is that? And like, how did it affect me? I guess like for me, I just didn't really know the, the depth of the inner work that was required. Ah you actually get onto like that positivity and like that mindfulness, um, the emotional intelligence behind it. Like the, yeah, it's not about just being positive all the time. I don't think that's healthy because even me where I'm at today, I still have moments of where I'm just on a negative train for the day. Like my brain is just, it's not thinking well. And I just have to sit with that and just be like, okay, I had an off day and that's fine. I felt my feelings. I did the thing. I talked really mean to myself. I think that's normal. I don't think it's normal to just be positive 24 seven. That's not normal. Absolutely. Um, that really brings me to the, the thought process of how do we change the frequency and the vibration of ourselves in order to be able to be a more positive person to kind of shift that mindset. I think that we, me and you both are believers in the ideas of vibrations of frequencies and where we are on that, um, on that line. And so how can we change that within ourselves? Mm, you know, I think one of the biggest thing for me was to surround myself with other people that was kind of on the similar route. Um, protecting my own energy was a big thing for me because I didn't know how to do that <laughs> in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, honestly, I did the whole lean back thing from a lot of specific people just because I knew their vibe wasn't going to like really serve me um, in that moment of like getting to a point where other people's energy and their negativity per se wasn't going to bother me. So I did a major lean back, but it's like mm, protecting your own energy and just trying to embody this new version of you. And it's mm. like mm, the whole woo-woo stuff. Sometimes it just blows my mind when I think about it though. And it's like, when I really think in depth of like, how did I get here? How did I get to this point of where like my vibe is so on point majority of the time? And it's just like, mm, yeah, I just, I think it's just a practice. It absolutely is. For many, many years of my life, um, I have went through the, the practical magic um, experiences in order to try to get my vibe up and to learn how to do that inner work. I went to yoga teacher training in 2010. I started Playthink in 2012, which really helped me dive into other um, offshoots of breath work and mental and emotional healing. And it's really, it's really massive on like how much sitting down and having like a simple journaling and breath work exercise in the mornings for 10 minutes can affect your entire day and your entire mood, just getting enough oxygen yeah. in your body and your lungs. Yeah. And I think even just to like trail off from that, like, honestly, like, I mean, Paige, you've done the, the Kentucky yoga festival and I had been invited by a friend and got to come and, that was huge for me. Like just that experience alone 
Like, I remember after the yoga festival was done, it took me a whole week after I had gotten home to, like, process that experience that I had had because it was, like, whoa, like, just, like, the, the cacao ceremony and, like, that experience alone, I was, like, I just moved some major energy and that's, like, a vibrational shift in itself of, like, movement and doing that. And um, the walking on fire, that right there was, like, the biggest, like, poof for me. I was, like, if I can walk on hot-ass coals and <laughs> I'm fine, then I can do all this other shit that I want to do. Like, if I can do that, I can do just about anything. And I think a lot of the times, for me, like, I didn't know about any of this kind of stuff prior to coming and, like, having these experiences. Like, I've always went, like here in my hometown we have like drum circles and stuff and I love it and it's like you get to meet a lot of really cool people and have really in-depth conversations and those are experiences in themselves but it's like until I went to the yoga festival and I had that experience and I was like that for me was when I realized there's more to this healing stuff there's more to this mindset there's more than I never knew about so sometimes it's like a trigger of like an experience for some people and that was mine like it was huge it completely I wouldn't be here talking to you right now if it hadn't been me you know for my friend asking me hey do you want to come with me and I was like all right <laughs> like an experience it triggered that was a whole new world for me to realize like whoa there's all this other like I can shift into this and learn more about these different things and it was amazing it was incredible i i love 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 hearing people tell me about their experiences at my events i know that i have a way different experience than other people as as the organizer and um starting play think and starting the kentucky yoga festival really they started for different reasons and regardless how they have grown has been that they are transformational containers for peer for people. Hundreds and hundreds of people have reached out to me personally, or I've seen them in person where they've told me a story about themselves or their children or even their parents and how it changed their lives. And at first, the first couple of years, I was like, an event can't change your life. Like these people are ridiculous. <laughs> like I don't understand. And I really like, I had to stand up in my own power and be like, no, I really create and hold these containers for people mm -hmm. to be to be seen as their true authentic selves and um it really just whew, it opens my heart wide open to hear different people's stories so thank you i'm really happy yeah, and i think just even that just from that one experience and i was like all right i gotta go to play think <laughs> and then that it was like just both of those like festivals combined for me i was like i got to be me I had to just be myself there. Like I was around all my other hippie people and that, that, that whole spiritual community. And I was like, wow. Like it was just so eye opening to me. It like, just, just showed me like, blah, blah, blah. But like, it really showed me what was possible. And then it was like, even in those like festivals alone, I met my coach and it was like all of it. It was just like, all of it was so in alignment for like everything that I'm doing today. And it just, blows my mind like if I had not gone to that yoga festival I would not be sitting here like being able, even remotely to say like I'm following my dreams I'm freaking doing it like if it wasn't for that I don't know what I'd be doing <laughs> I love that so much based on that how do you feel like your life is different than the average person 
Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, like, I ended up asking my man, like, about that question because I was like, man, what does make my life different from other people? And I, I want to share his answer, like, because I thought it was so good because I just thought, like, what does make mine different from others? And he, his literally, his answer was, average people dream of a dreamy life but you take the steps to make the dreamy life happen (laughs) I like that and and I really like that because it's just like we all do have dreams every person has dreams like they've got a dream but if you really want to look at it and you know, prior to me actually following my dreams, there was nobody else around me doing this. There was nobody else. They were just doing, you know, what they thought they should be doing or um, they were letting things hold them back. And it just like, for me, it's just like, I'm, I've always been a dreamer and I've always felt like I'm going to do something way bigger than myself. And I've known that since I was like early tweens basically. And it was just like, that feeling of like, I don't, and I never knew what I was going to do, you know, (laughs) ever until now, but it was just like, for me, it's like, I just do the things and I'm just going to be me and I'm going to be that person that's going to be that permission slip for other people to really just follow their dreams and just do what they actually want with their lives. And it's just like, you know, I get to be that example and that permission slip for other people. Yes. And it's like, I, I am your average human being, but it's like, for me, when I sit here and really think about what I'm doing, it's not the average person. It's not. Not at all. I'm taking a stand for other people's dreams, you know? And it's like, when I sit here and think about the gravity of what I'm doing, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like overwhelming. It's like, I'm actually doing this. Like, holy crap, I get to do this. Yes. I feel like in today's culture, at least in America, we starting at six weeks of age, usually we're put in daycare while our parents are working. And then we're in elementary school and then we're in high school and then we go to college and then we start a job and it's this predetermined course. And we have a few ways of moving within that course, but very Mm -hmm. few people move out of it and because they don't move out of that course they don't even know that there are chains holding them there and once and once they start that path they realize that the chains they're having to unravel them in order to get away and unlearn those indoctrinated thoughts and patterns Mm -hmm. from birth and on yeah there was there was so many things like the biggest thing that literally had held me back for ever forever was the simple fact of I believed that I could not follow my dreams. Okay, let's back up for just one second, though, because, like, I, okay, so for those of you guys who don't know me, but, like, I was raised by my grandparents, and I adore them, and I freaking love them. Like, they're my parents. I love them. But, like, growing up, I was never told that I could follow my dreams. That was never a thing growing up for me, and it was just, like, you know, as I became an adult and I started realizing this and I was like, man, that's really heart crushing to like be growing up as a child and never being told that, you know, you, you can actually follow your dreams. Like if you want to go be an astronaut, go be it. You know, it was, it was never anything like that. I was literally raised to believe to 
um, survive, not thrive. So that meant like getting a job, keeping said job and like doing the whole retirement shebang stuff. And it was like, none of that ever appealed to me. I was like, I don't, what? No. And it was like every corporate job I've ever had, I freaking hated it hated it like I would cry and I was like I just like this isn't like I don't want that you know and it was just like, no no I don't want this so it was just like that whole and then like moving forward what I was going to say a minute ago and it was just like for me like the biggest thing that held me back from actually doing all of this was I truly believed that I could not follow my dreams and do all of this stuff because nobody supported me my family did not support me my friends didn't support me and I think it was the biggest thing with my family it was like they just I would tell them my dreams and they would just be like how are you going to do that? Where, where are you going to get the money? Like we're from a small town. Nobody around here does that. Like Michelle, you need to sit down. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> but like, I believed that though. Like they would like, it's different. Like if I, like I, I talk to you and I tell you like what some of my really big goals are in my dreams and you're in the background, like, yeah, you can like, I was like supporting me and cheerleading me on and like encouraging me to do it. And like with that, it's like the energy is different when you go to people and they tell you, it's like, for me, what I realized is they were pushing their own fears onto me by them going, well, how are you going to do that? Or, um, um, well, where are you going to get the money? Or, um, um, well, well, and they were doing it in a way that they, they, it's care. I seen that, but like, it took me a really long time to realize that they were doing that and asking me these questions to keep me safe for me. You know, because being an entrepreneur, in a sense, it's like there's a lot of an emotional intelligence game that you've got to play. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think they just wanted to keep me safe. But, like, that belief that I was holding for such a long time held me back so much because I was like, I just wanted my family's support. And, um, yeah, and, like, today I, I've got it now. Now that they see what I'm up to and that I'm really doing this and I'm making the impact that I've always wanted to make, they see it now. But in the beginning, your family and friends are going to be like, man, you're crazy, and they're not going to support you at all. Like, that was my case. I never grew up being told I could follow my dreams or anything like that. Um, I was just taught to go get a job, keep it, do the whole retirement thing, and I've never wanted anything to do with that. <laughs> I strongly believe that who we choose as our counsel in life is incredibly important and I think that's why the coaching industry and the therapy industry is so integral to life today is a lot of us are so used to going down this one and only path that we've had laid before us that in order to break out of it to break out of those patterns we need support we need a council that has done it before and are the trailblazers ahead of us that can really say you're okay you're safe you're rocking this out Mm -hmm. yeah and I love that you're mentioning that because like when I think about like my own story and like like my coach was like asking me about this and I was just like honestly like my coach when I hired my coach and I don't want to get all emotional but it was like she was the first person to ever like see me actually like doing the stuff that I really wanted to do like she solved my dreams and like actually believed me she encouraged me she supported me she saw me within that vision when nobody else before her has ever been like 
heck yeah, Michelle, you can go do that. She was the first person. And that was all it took for me to be like, all right, if this one woman <laughs> can believe in me and see me doing what I really ultimately dream of doing in this lifetime, then let's just go. She was the first person. And that was just like, that's where the dreamers paradigm came from too. It's like, I want this community of people that are dreamers or they're like, they've got dreams. I want them to be able to come to me, tell me they're these crazy wild dreams that they have. And I'm just going to be like, hell yeah, you can do it. What are you waiting for? Like, go for it, do it. And that's all it took for me. It was like that one woman, my coach was like, go do. Yeah. Well, what are you waiting for? Like, let's do this. <laughs> this is so similar to my own thought process. You know, I was, I've been working with Plaything for 10 years. And a lot of that is bringing in instructors and artists and performers into this event. And I think, I don't know because I've not been on the organizing team of other events of this nature, but I think that they do a little bit more application style and, different way. And I really like to get into the nitty gritty. I like to talk to people and really hear about their gifts. And I set up like, hey, this is your space and this is your time frame. And otherwise, I really genuinely want people to bring their gifts from their heart because that's the way that they're going to save the world. That's the way that they're going to put ripples out in the universe and really... I gave me goosebumps. <laughs> um, and I just... That's why I began Visionaries at Play is because Plaything I have to work on in a little bit more group setting and Visionaries at Play really allows me to hear these artists, these creatives, these geniuses visions on a one-on-one -on -one level and like work with them through their entire process of, of bringing it from their vision to the creation. And so I know that we're kind of on the same wavelength there. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible to be that person for other people. It feels so good. <laughs> it's like, yes. Oh my gosh. It's like, I get to be that person that like, I wish would have came into my life like forever ago, but it's just like, I feel like everything played out in the best way that mm -hmm. it could have though. So <laughs> I'm at least doing it now. And, and then I always think too, like, I don't want to get like to like, when I think about like all those years, I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Or I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I realized like, um, there's some books that I've read and there was like, um, the main author I love reading is like Jen Sincero. And she was saying like, she didn't start following her dreams until she was in her forties, like late forties that she didn't realize, Oh, I can, and there's other ways of doing this. Like I can actually do this. And it's just like, for me, it's like, I think everybody, they just hit that point, you know, in their life where they just, the flip, the switch flips and they're just like, oh, all right, I can do this. I don't, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Like, it just, it's that flip, that switch that gets flipped. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm right where I need to be. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there is a long path of people who didn't get started doing their thing until late in life. Um, I'm mm -hmm. not going to be able to remember very many, right? But um, Colonel Sanders, I think KFC was started when he was like 65, 67 years of age. Um, yeah. There was Nelson Mandela became the first black president at, in, of South America, Africa at 76. Um, ben Franklin invented bifocals like way late in life in his 80s. Yeah. Um, Agatha Christie didn't. I think kept writing until she was 80 something. I mean, there are so many stories of these like late bloomers. And first of all, you're not, what are you? You're in your twenties. <laughs> so let's not even talk about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but there's just there's just so many stories of people that haven't done their their thing, their big number one like success story until their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. We are right yeah, on track. I always tell everybody, like, I think you're right where you need to be, like, literally, like, and I know, like, even myself, I wish I could, like, fast forward a year from now to be, like, to an even, you know, more success platform that I want to be at, but it's just, like, I've got to learn all of these lessons and up-level my mindset and, like, just, I've got to go through all the necessary emotions to get to that point because, um, yeah, it's just, like, a growth, it's a growth path that we got to go on like there's still like if I were to just try and skip to a year from now I'd probably get to that and be like if if I were to wake up tomorrow and be like where I want to be in like five years I'd probably be really overwhelmed with everything with just the whole shebang and I remember listening to another podcast recently and she was just saying about like if I woke up tomorrow and I had like a million dollars in my bank account you know when I was like 18 and I woke up with a million dollars in my bank account I would have been so freaked out and overwhelmed because I would not have had like the money mindset I wouldn't have had the mindset to handle that amount of success and it's just like we have to go through these this you know these stepping stones to just get where we want to go and sometimes it's like we you know we always wish 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 i just wish i was there but it's just like when i really sit down and think about it, i'm like the path to get there is so beautiful in a sense you know it's like some it's really bumpy sometimes and it can be not fun sometimes but it's just like in the end you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. and your capabilities of like how awesome we are as just human beings to choose to take this path you know it's it's really cool (laughs) absolutely can you tell me about being a goal smasher and how that sets one up for success yeah so i'm a goal strategy coach y'all so uh, i love goals i really really do they have held me like so accountable towards what i want to do and um I'm, I'm more productive now than I ever have been. And I used to be an incredibly lazy person. I procrastinated. I, I was a literal couch potato. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, like going back, like I just remember, you know, crying on this bed. And I was just like, you know, the bed behind me. I have a bed in my office, by the way, guys, because that's just how I roll but like and I remember just you know I was like I'm gonna do whatever it takes and I just started getting into the personal development world and I just came across um I had tried to set goals prior to all of this you know I'd always set a goal I'd write it down because I've always heard oh if I write a goal down I'm like 90% more to smash it and bottle boss I'd write them down and then I would even go to the extra mile of creating a vision board towards these goals (laughs) well the goals never got smash <laughs> and just give a backstory because like it just got to a point where I did not believe that goals worked it's like goals are dumb they don't work they're not blah blah blah. I don't know why people even bother with them but it just came to a point where I started relearning I, I had to get out of that old belief I was like well, all right because like I study really successful people and when you study them and like what they do and they're and just it's like they, they all have goals I was like, all right, I'm going to learn. I'm going to figure this out. And for me, um, just setting goals in general, like the way I really like to describe goals is goals are the GPS that tell you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to go on vacation 
get in your car and not have the address to the location, right? Because you're going to get in your car and like five hours down the road, you're going to be where somewhere random, you know? And I think that's like it. Like if we don't have a plan that tells us where we want to go and how we're going to get there, it's like having, you know, it's like getting in the car and having a GPL, like the, the address, having that address, you're going to get to where you want to go. And for me, just setting goals in general has really taught me about being productive, staying on track towards what I really want to do. And it has really, really shown me what I'm capable of doing. Mark, um, can you tell me what Oh, something just froze on my end or something. Oh, no. oh. No, I actually think um, you tuned into your live, and I think that's what I was hearing. Goodness. Well, we're back on it now. Yeah, but, like, for me, um, just being, you know, the goal smasher that I am, it's it's empowered me in ways that I never would have thought of before. Because when I really look back at, like, all the goals that I have really hit and that I'm working towards, it's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. For me, it's like we can do so much in just like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. When you look back at all those goals that you had created for yourself, it's just like, wow. Wow. You know, and for that, um, on my path of like setting goals, the first big goal that I ever set for myself was to go to the gym three times a week for 90 days. And I knew my why. I knew why I wanted to go. And my reason was simply I just wanted to feel a lot healthier. I wanted to be more confident in my body um, in the mindset. I know that going to the gym can teach you so much about, like, mindset in general because it takes a mindset to go to the gym consistently and actually stick with it. And that was the one goal I set. I was like, all right, for 90 days. I can like I just wanted to prove to myself I could do something for 90 days consistently because I've never done that before ever. I've always just given up on stuff and I did it and it created a whole new lifestyle for me, but it taught me so much. I was like, okay, I chose by far one of the harder goals that the majority of people wouldn't set for a first goal and I stuck with it and I did it and it taught me so much about like consistency and commitment and just doing it and it was just like that was it for me. I was like, if I can stick to going to the gym for 90 days, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I've done a lot since then. (laughs) I kind of feel like we as a culture have been taught to not trust ourselves. We've been taught to be put on this path where we're following another person's storyline And because of that, even though we know that there's another dream, you know, building in our heart, we don't trust ourselves because we don't take the, the gumption to take that path. And so then we're Mm. like, oh, well, if we don't do that, then I don't know that I can show up once a day for a week or once a day for 90 days or whatever the case may be. And slowly by building up these challenges, by building up our our practice of actually showing up for ourselves, we start that trusting that relationship with trust. I think that we build that relationship of trust with other people throughout yes. our entire lives, but mm-hmm. never ourselves. And it really is a practice, a yes. trust practice that we have to build within ourselves. 
It really, really is because like when I really sat down and thought about like when I set these goals and it was just like, and I was learning more about this stuff and like the books that I've read and all of it. Like if you just really sit down and think about it, when you tell yourself, I'm going to do this, whatever it is. Okay. And let's just say you don't stick to it. You just like, mm, I'm not going to do it, whatever. You lose trust for yourself just by doing that. Mm-hmm. And it, like, and when you continue, when you consistently do that over time, you really don't trust yourself. Like you can't keep your own word to yourself. And that was mine. I was like, wow, all this, these years I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do that and blah, blah, blah. And I would never do it. And then it really just hit me. I was like, I don't even trust myself to follow through with my own word. And that was for me, I was like, I'm going to do this for 90 days. I'm just going to do it. 90 days is only three months. Like, all right, I can do this. And I did it. And I was like, okay, what else can I do? (laughs) So yeah, like the trusting yourself, it's like, we do have to build that up over time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like the true story right there. (laughs) Is there a process of setting those goals that make it easier to succeed than others? You know, I think for me, the biggest tip that I give to like my clients in general are just people of like setting goals. It's like, yeah, I teach the whole smart goals thing, but I go like 10 layers deeper than that. And it's like when you set a goal, no matter what it is, like I really want you to dig into why you want that goal. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to have an emotional connection to that goal. And majority of the time when I have an emotional connection to a goal, it will like emotions drive us to take action always. And the example that I always give with this is like, can you ever imagine a time when you were really angry in the actions that you've taken? Like um, the, the example I always give is like when you're angry, have you ever like thrown your phone, maybe broke your phone or like kicked something and then you stubbed your toe and then you got all angry about that? Well, being angry in general, that drove you to take action to throw the phone or whatever it was that you did in that moment. And it was like, whenever we really think about our goals, And like one of my biggest goals, like two goals that I have for this year is to take my grandparents to the beach because they've never physically been there, seen it, nothing. And when I think about that, it brings me to tears of like when I visualize that dream, that goal actually happening, I get so freaking emotional about it because it was like, oh my God, like could, you know, my grandparents on the beach, I could only, like, I could imagine my grandma's reaction to it of like, oh my gosh. And that makes me, it brings me to tears when I think about being the woman that is able to set that goal and achieve that and do something so beautiful for some other, you know, for people that raised me. And it's like, that emotional connection to it it's just like that will drive me to continuously take action to make that happen and then it's just like sometimes now that that's a goal that will bring me to absolute tears (laughs) absolute tears when I really let myself think about it and then there's other goals like I want to be a paramotor pilot this year like I want to go learn how to fly because it's the most freeing experience I have ever experienced in my life and I want to go learn but that that emotional connection that I have to that goal is more excitement. It's more freedom. It's more thrill. And like I get really pumped when I think about that goal. And it's just like 
when you have your goals, tie an emotional connection to it. And you're always going to find some way to take action towards making that goal actually happen. Have an emotional connection to it. Have you ever read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? I have not. And you know what? I actually might have it up there. On my, I have so many books that I want to read. But I know I haven't read that one yet. But I keep getting through that book. It's an amazing book. And he really talks about habit stacking. So it's kind of like... Um, Every morning while I answer my emails, I drink my water. And because I stack them together, then it's easier um, to actually move through those practices together. Um, So you stack your habits all together. um, And that to me is really, it really works. Like it's a good practice for me. Yeah. And it's, and I love that you're bringing that up because that's something that I teach um, with goal setting in general. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, yeah, we can create excuse me, we can create habits, but can you maybe create habits that are more mindful towards you reaching those goals? Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my biggest habits that I have, and like, I track this, I mark every day if I do this habit or not, because like, I want to stay on track, but I sit my butt down at my vision board and I look at my vision board because those photos that I have on my vision board, they bring an emotional connection to my goals and why I want that. So it's like those Emotions are getting brought up and I know, all right, this is, this is what I'm working towards. This is what I want. And it, it and then I'm like, all right, let's, we're, we put the car in drive and we're going, you know, it's just like, and like the habits of like consistently every day, looking at what your goals are when you've set them and like how you're working your way towards them and marking off, like tracking your progress to reaching that goal. You know, what I've found a lot of the times is we will write the goal down or we'll set the goal. And then we don't create habits of like continuously marking, like tracking our progress to hitting that goal and like um, creating that roadmap of like how we're going to hit the goal. And it's like when we're not viewing these things every day, yeah, what's that that quote of like, um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. We have to have a plan and we got to look at that plan like consistently. If you don't do that, well, really are planning to fail and it's like we got to have habits of consistently looking at what our goals are and that keeps me on track a lot of like having that habit of just looking at what my goals are and tracking my progress what how would you define failure and how would you define success so failure you know, I used to look at failure and be like, oh, God, I failed, blah, blah, blah. But now where I'm at now, it's just like, do we really fail, though? Like, do we really? Because it's just like, for me and the way I've started to look at like failure in general is like, I just found a way that just did not work. It didn't work, you know? And it's like, I know that's the most bland response that I can give. <laughs> and like, you know, but it's just like, really, like... When we think about failure, we just think, oh, I I didn't do it. I didn't hit the goal or I didn't reach this thing. Oh, I failed. But really, it's just like we can always do better. Like, can you just reassess the situation and just be like, well, how can I do better? Like, did I maybe not have the knowledge that I needed to, like, do this thing? Or, like, we just found what did not work. And that's the thing. If you think back, um, why can't I remember the man that made the light bulb? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a, 
I want to say Edison, but I think that is so wrong. Yeah. Oh it's my, it was a Nikola Tesla. You know what? I it's don't to know. It's totally Edison. Okay, well, it's like when you think about that, like, I, uh, gosh, he he technically failed a million and one times before he actually figured out how to make the light bulb work and like all of that, you know. And it's just like he kept working towards that said goal until he figured it out it worked and he tracked his progress of like what did not work and it's just like you know if you want to look at failure as like i just failed honestly it's like if you want to look at it that way it's like you just kind of gave up <laughs> if you're just going to sit there and be like well i failed i give up mm-hmm. that, that that's where the difference comes in it's like i, I didn't give up i'm gonna figure out how to make this thing work and then like like moving into like success for me it's like just to where you know i used to view success as being super wealthy and having all the epic material items that like i know i'm gonna have one day like yes all that's great having a big beautiful house and the car and the money oh yeah that's that's great yeah awesome but for me it's just like being successful and like success now it's like i go to bed every day knowing that my day was successful it was full of success because for me it's just like I view this as I'm just taking the necessary steps to follow my dreams and I know that I'm doing the thing that's success to me like I'm at least trying I am doing it regardless I'm taking sloppy action if that's what you want to call it but it's just like I'm doing it and that to me is success and it's just like hmm, it feels really good <laughs> You know, I think that's something that I, I teach is like just having fulfillment in day to day life, um, being fulfilled in that and just your daily life can be a success too. being mm-hmm. having that, you know, I think that's really good feel too. I like that. What is one rule you live by within your life on like on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say for me is do what you want to do with your own life. Um, you know, it's, yeah, when I really, I really had to think about that one because I was just like, well, it's just, I do what I want to do. I don't do what people outside of me think I should do. And it's like, yeah, I go, I, I get some opinions and, and some, feedback from the stuff that I'm doing but ultimately I'm going to do what I want to do and I think the reason I say this is because there's so many people that I know that swirl in my personal world and people that I just see and I hear about and they're, they they want to do this thing really really bad and then they go get the opinion of someone else and this other person sways them and says, no, that's not a good idea. And then they don't do it, even if deep down inside they want to do it. You know, and it's like for me, if I were to be doing what my family wanted me to be doing, <laughs> I would be working a nine to five. I'd be at least trying to find a nine to five that had good health benefits and all of that stuff, you know, that they want you to have um, and then just stick to it. You know, and then like my dad, for example, I love my dad, but he was all like, go, go to the, um, go be in the air force because they'll pay for college. And I'm just like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do that either. Like, no. And it's just like, for me, do what you want to do. 
Does that no. does that stable nine to five that offers health benefits actually exist anymore? Because I haven't seen one. <laughs> you know, if they do, then the um, the options are so limited for what they'll actually pay yeah. for. It also so I have a master's degree in public administration, ten years in entrepreneurship. Um, so much education and so much experience that I have found not that I've tried in the last five years, <laughs> but I have found that people won't even look at my resume. They throw it in the trash because I'm overeducated and overexperienced, which is yeah. just a really interesting place for our culture to be in. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's just crazy. I think it's funny. Cause like just last night I was really thinking about like, and I'm just going to say how fucked the American system is. Yes. And, um, I came across this video the other night about a man that he's American, but he had to go to another country for work. And, um, he was going through all the usual steps of like the working process. And he was looking, reading over the sick leave portion of it. And he looked at the woman and he was like, Hey, how many sick leave days do I get a year? And that woman just looked at him like he was crazy. And she was like, what do you mean? And he was like, how many days can I like take off of work for sick leave? Do I get per year? And the woman just was like, they're unlimited. If you are sick, you are sick. And the man was like, that right there just told me how messed up the American system is. And I'm like, if that was how you, if that was how you figured out the American system's you're <laughs> oh man, there's just been so many things. It's just like, I'm like, for me, just the schooling system, I, it, it kind of like programs us to have like a nine to five job. And like, we're, I mean, at 17, 18, they're pressuring you to figure out what you want to do. Do you go to college? And it's just like, they don't teach you that you can be an entrepreneur. They don't teach you that there's like um, jobs that you can have that's more hands-on that people will love doing. And like, yes, I've met people that absolutely love their nine to fives. And I think that's fantastic. And, um, but I've also met people that are just like, I never knew that I could actually go do something different other than a nine to five system. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that indoctrination genuinely starts at six weeks when most women, because of lack of postnatal care and postnatal mm. um, time off work, are for being forced to put their children in daycare at six weeks. And they, they never actually get to be children, never actually get to be raised by their parents, by their family. Yeah. I mean, you go what is it? 6, 7 a.m. You put your kid in school, daycare, etc. You pick them up at 4 or 5 p.m. Maybe you give them a bath, feed them dinner, put them to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you look at like other countries, like there are some countries that will pay women for up to 16 months after they have a child to stay home and raise said child. In America, we don't get that. And it's so unfortunate. I hate it, but... I was, I was lucky enough to get 12 weeks off after paying or after having my child, but it was not paid. So I had to, you know, have, get my savings together and really pay for that own time of me being out of work. And honestly, I went back to work for about a month and a half after maternity leave and, and then I quit for good and I never went back. And here I am still working for myself. <laughs> Yeah, and I think even for me, like my last job that I had, I don't have any children, but 
for my last job that I had, it was, um, I worked at a phone, cell phone store. So it was an insanely demanding kind of job because it was sales. And I was there 10, 12 hours a day, uh, probably getting only one day off a week, um, two if I was lucky. And it just got to a point where my mental health was declining because like I was working, like my entire life revolved around that place. And when it came to a point of, I was like, I went to them and I really thought this company cared about me because we were all really close knit. Like we knew the CEO, he was really, it was really good in the beginning, but then I realized they don't care about me because when I went to them and it was like, look, my mental health is not good right now. Mm-hmm. And on top of finding out my mother is in active addiction and I need to figure out how I can go get her help. Can you at least give me one extra day off a week so I can have some me time, get my mental health ordered and figure out what's going on with my mom. And they were like, no, we need you here. And I'm like, no, you don't. And that right there, I remember going into work one day and I was bawling my eyes out. And I just looked at the manager. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. If you guys don't want to participate with me and give me time that I need, to take care of myself and my mom, then I'm out. And, you know, there was even days where I have low blood sugar occasionally. And I remember my blood sugar dropped so low one day that um, I could, I got really confused and had no idea what I was doing. And I was with a customer trying to get her phone all going. And I like blanked out. I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. And the customer just stood up. She said and looked at my manager. She said, you need to go let her eat right now. And I'm going to leave until you let her eat. And it was just like, it's sad when customers are like, you're not taking care of your employees right now. Like we were not allowed to eat because the customers came first. And like, I understand that. But like when it comes to our own health needs and mental health needs, like Maybe, you know, it's funny because I always say my mantra in life is like your mental health should always come first. Mm -hmm. And that's always been ever since I've went through a lot of like I've had depression and major anxiety. And after I went through all of those and like I was sacrificing my mental health for a job, it's like I'm not doing this anymore. I can't. I feel like sometimes that comes down to nice versus kind. A lot of our corporate offices and nine to five job employers are really taught to be nice, right? They're taught to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's this way and you're our family and that, but they're not taught to actually be kind and be empathetic and conscientious about the actual needs of other people, including their employees. Um, it's all, you know, the customer comes first because we have to make the most amount of money and we're not even kind to the customers. We're just nice to them. We put out a facade, a a kindness or a niceness bubble. Um, and it's, it's kind of gross. (laughs) It's like, I've done all the jobs I've have been a waitress. I've done, I've done it. And like that literally, it was like putting on a fake smile to serve your customers, especially being a waitress. I, you know, we would as a waitress, it's like, we depend on tips to survive. So you've got to be really nice. And it's like, I have that customer service. Like we can all at a flip of a switch turn into like a customer service voice, you know, but, and like, I think that's why I love what I do today is just being a coach. It's like, I get to choose who I get to work with. And like, I just get to be myself. I get to show up and just be me. I get to show up on my off days and like, I'm very transparent with my clients and if I'm like not feeling very well, I'll be like, Hey guys, yeah, I'm not feeling great today, but we're going to, we're going to roll with this today. I'm still going to show up and do the thing. Like 
And I think that's what has really changed so much within me is like, I'm doing something I'm so passionate about. And regardless, if I feel really bad, I'm still going to show up and do the things regardless, because I get to do something that I'm really passionate about. And I love that. And I think that's why I'm just like, I'm just going to take a stand for other people's dreams. Like, what is it that you want to do? You want to run a business? Do you, do you want to travel? Like, what is it that you, you want to do? And let's make that happen. Like, if I can be that one person in their life that can just actually really genuinely care because I love all of my clients and I genuinely care about them. There's no fakeness about it. And I get to support and lead them and guide them through stepping into what I call the dreamers paradigm of just doing this thing and supporting them. So it's just like coming out of that. And I'm glad I had all those experiences too, because it's led me to where I am today of being realizing I'm not cut out for that. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I love it. Um, we are coming to an end on our hour. Is there any like last minute words of wisdom or a, a tip or trick that you would leave our audience with? Mm. You know, I always say just for in my world, you've got full permission to be that dreamer. Dream it up. I like sometimes our dreams can seem like they're just so big and out there and wild. Like for my, it's like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to go to Bora Bora, the Maldives and all these beautiful tropical places and help other people. And that seems pretty wild and crazy and bigger than me, but it's just like permission to dream and just know that it is possible. If there's other people in this world doing exactly what it is that you want to do you can too and yeah you, you can do it if there's other people on this planet that's doing the very thing that you want to do from the bottom of my heart you can do it too <laughs> mm -hmm. it's 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 possible look at let other people be your inspiration don't do the comparison but let them just be your inspiration and that's the, my biggest for me i just let other people inspire me i was like if they can do it so can i mm -hmm. i love that thank you so much for having a conversation with me today um for all of those people who listened in i am paige henkla i am talking with michelle burns of the dreamers paradigm we will be dropping links on facebook social media all over the place to where you can learn more about me and my endeavors michelle and her endeavors and thank you so much for listening to the inventors of tomorrow till next thursday at noon see you later <laughs>